What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I am your host, Dahani Joseph, and today we are going to recap Monday night's action in the NBA, October 24th, 2022. There were eight games in the association last night. Some really good games, in particular, the Grizzlies versus the Nets. That was the game of the night by far. Kevin Durant and Kyrie went head-to-head with John Morant and Desmond Bain. They combined for a total of 150 points by themselves, those four players. That was a spectacle to watch. There were some other good games as well. Spurs versus Wolves. Spurs are now 3-1, and one, which is surprising considering the, the looming draft when you have two guys in Victor Wembenyama, Scoot Henderson, among other guys who are seen as generational talents in this draft. Like, you would think that tanking would be more prevalent, but then again, the number one pick, if you have the worst record, you're not guaranteed like you were before in other drafts when it was a 25% chance. Now it's equally weighted at 14% along with the second and third worst team. So we'll get into the idea of tanking and what that really means now in the modern NBA. Will it still happen? We'll see. It's early on in the season, but... Two of the worst teams that you would think in the league, in Utah and San Antonio, they are tied for second in the Western Conference right now. I know it's early, but that 3-1 and one record, maybe it shows that they're not ready to start tanking just yet. But we'll get into all that and more coming up right now. Getting started with the first game of the night, we have the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Indiana Pacers. This game marks the first win for the Sixers this year. Previously, they were 0-3, probably one of the most surprising records to start the season off because after Philadelphia's offseason, where we saw so many great moves, they revamped their roster, bringing guys like P.J. Tucker in, DeAnthony Melton, among other guys. Montrez Harold, you, you have veterans on this squad. You have veterans. You have dudes that have won before. You have dudes that fit the type of system that they want to play over in Philadelphia. And even the guys that they still had right prior. Look at a guy like Matisse Thibel, Tobias Harris, Corkmas, uh, Georges Niang. Daniel House was another addition. Like, these guys are. Very much 3 and D players. Very much guys you would want on a playoff team if you were trying to go all the way. So that 0-3 start definitely had a lot of people questioning what this Philadelphia team would do. And you kind of saw it in the preseason where defensively they weren't quite what they should have been. They were still winning games, but defensively that was going to be an issue. But in this matchup against the Indiana Pacers, they were sure to leave nothing in question as they beat the Pacers 120 to 106 for the first one of the season. Embiid and Harden come on for 55 points. Embiid had 26 points. 
Harden had 29 points. Both shot very well from the field. Harden in particular, near triple-double for James Harden. 29, 11 assists, 9 rebounds. When Harden plays like this, and Embiid plays the way that he did, this team is very hard to stop. Now, it was against the Indiana Pacers team that, while they do have talent, they have young talent. They are very raw. They have many years to develop into what they can potentially be. Philadelphia is trying to win this season. And as a result, these are the games you have to win. And a few of the other games that they lost, they shouldn't have lost. They they need to get it together on the defensive end first. And then everything else will come. Because offensively, they they have it. They have everything that you would want. You have a guy in Embiid who's MVP candidate. James Harden, a former MVP. Former um, scoring champ in the NBA. They got Tyrese Maxey who struggled last night. Eight points on three of eleven shooting, but we know that he'll be better. Tobias Harris, eighteen points, seven of fourteen. Like probably the best fourth option. I don't want to say ever, but like one of the best fourth options that you've seen on a potential title contender. I mean, like, you have a guy in Tobias Harris who can literally he could go off for twenty five a night if he really wanted to, because he's gonna get the shots. He took fourteen shots, seven of fourteen, four of ten. And a lot of these shots are going to be wide open. He's going to get the opportunity, so it'll be big to see what he does throughout the season. Tyrese Maxey off to a little bit of a slow start in terms of shooting. Last game, he had a solid night with 20-plus points prior to this Indiana matchup. But he'll get it going, no doubt. And then supplementary pieces. I mean, George Niang, 13 points. Daniel House, only 6. Marcus Hill, only 5. But these guys all can contribute more. I'm interested to see what they do with Matisse Thibel, as he's only he's not getting as many minutes as you would think. Only two minutes. Those minutes that he was getting are now going to guys like Anthony Melton, Daniel House, mainly because of their ability to shoot threes and Thibel's lack thereof ability to shoot three pointers. I wonder if he's a trade piece at some time. I think his value is very high in the league because of what he can do defensively. Even though he's not the best shooter, and that might be a liability come postseason time. If you're looking for a lockdown defender at that wing position, he's one of the best players that you can find out there. Next matchup, Raptors versus Miami. The Miami Heat. The Raptors were able to get by this one, 98-90. The two teams split the season series as Toronto gets the victory. They played earlier in the week where they had a little scuffle. One players got ejected, and Miami took that one, but Toronto able to bounce back. They were able to win this game. Pascal Siakam, 23 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. Fred Van Vliet shipped in 24-9. Gary Trump with 18. For Miami, Jimmy Butler with 26 points, 8 rebounds. Tyler Hero shipped in 22 points, 15 rebounds. That was a big performance by him. Kyle Lowry, only 7 points, 1 of 8. This Miami fan base is going to get pretty annoyed quickly with Kyle Lowry putting up these type of numbers. The old point guard thing is, once you start seeing the decline, man, especially when they're smaller guys, it's really hard to, like, you, you want to root for them, but at age 36, Kyle Lowry is age 36. Yes, we know what he did in Toronto for all those years. All-NBA guy, all-star NBA champion, he did all the great things, great community guy, all of that. 
at a certain age, man. The same thing for Chris Paul. With 37, man. Once they get to these later stages, it's very hard for them to keep going at an all-star level. And you see the product productivity decline. That's something that Miami is definitely going to have to keep an eye on, especially as the season goes along. They really don't have much of a replacement for Lowry. He's kind of stuck there at that starting point guard position, unless you want to make Hero your full-time point guard, which I don't know if you want to do. And maybe bring up Gabe Vincent. There's there's options, but are the options really that good? But then again, how good is Kyle Lowry at this point, you know? We love him as a player. Love him as an individual. But at the end of the day, if you can't get it done, you can't get it done. And Miami, they're still in that mindset that, all right, we can go to the Eastern Conference Finals. We were one time away from going to the finals for the second time. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> for the second time since 2020. In the last two, three years. That's pretty great. So they have high expectations, and they're going to continue to work towards getting to that finals once more. And maybe getting Spolstra, Pat Riley, and all those dudes in the Heat locker room. Another championship. Next up. The New York Knicks take on the Orlando Magic, and the Knicks defended the Garden once more, and they were able to get the victory, 115-102. to 102. This game is highlighted by the big three, Randall, Julius Randall, Jalen Brunson, and R.J. Barrett. They combined for 66 points as they defeat the Magic. Great game all around, um, especially from Barrett's perspective. Who still isn't shooting the best, but prior to the night, he hadn't hit a three-pointer all season. Going three for seven definitely is going to be a confidence boost for him. The Knicks definitely bet on R.J. Barrett because if they didn't believe in his potential and his productivity, he would be in Utah right now. Donovan Mitchell would be in the garden, and things would be a lot more different. So R.J. Barrett has to prove that he was worth the investment. And with Donovan Mitchell out Averaging over 30 points per game for the last four games, three, four games, however many games they played this season. It's like, oh, okay, he could be in the Garden electrifying. The Garden's already sold out. But can you imagine ticket sales for Donovan Mitchell's jersey? You have kids walking around in D-Mitch jerseys. Just the atmosphere, the electric uh, fervor, the, the, the magnitude of what it would be like with the energy, palpable energy in the Garden. If Donovan Mitchell were there. But no, RJ Barrett's there. So he has to perform. We've seen Jalen Brunson 21 and 6. Again, great point guard play. 8 of 16 from the field, 2 of 4 from the three point line. That's as great as you can get from the, your starting point guard. That's what a $100 million man should be expected to produce on a night in, night out basis. And Julius Randle, 25, 12, and 4. He did his thing. For the Magic, Paolo Bancaro, 21. Four rebounds, two assists. Another 20-point game. He's had 20 points in all of his games that he's played in the NBA so far. That's very impressive. But the team is young. Uh, they are 0-4. It might be a while before they get their first win, even though they got some talented pieces around them. You know, Cole Anthony, he's a guy that can score. Wendell Carter Jr., a guy that, if he's not injured, he's always putting up double-double type numbers. Franz Wagner. He could potentially be the best player on this team, either him or Paolo. Caleb Houston from Michigan, he had seven points, but he had the potential to be a nice 3 and D guy. Bobo with a career high, 19 points 
five rebounds. Like these guys have some talent. It's just trying to put it all together and making it all fit. Next game up on the docket, we got Houston taking on Utah. And in this one, the Rockets were able to hand the Jazz their first loss of the season. Despite the Jazz having seven players and scoring double figures. At Olenek scoring double figures. Markkanen, Vanderbilt, Jordan Clarkson, uh, Fontecchio. I don't know how to pronounce that name. <laughs> Simone Fontecchio. An Italian dude. Sorry about the mispronunciation. He had 13 points. Colin Sexton, 10. Beasley, Malik Beasley had 12. Taylor Horton Tucker almost made it 8 with 9 points. Very well-rounded game for the Jazz. They ultimately lose the game. Their first loss of the season going 3-1. and one. For the Rockets, it's their first win of the season. Rookie Jabari Smith Jr. He had a great all-around game. 21 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, and 3 blocks. 6 of 10 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3-point range, and 6 of 6 from the line. This is his best game so far in the NBA. He was able to get what he wanted when he wanted, but he was selective with his shots, too. He wasn't trying to force anything. Usually, he's had 15-plus shot attempts this game. He had 10 in the flow of the offense, not really forcing things. And that's when he's at his best, right, when you have people to set him up, get him in his spots, He's able to knock down three-pointers at a high clip. That's exactly what Houston drafted him for. When you have two guards in Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green who combined for 51 points, that's hard to stop. That's super hard to stop. Next game up on the docket, the Boston Celtics versus the Chicago Bulls. This game should have been a, a pretty winnable game for the Celtics, but... They unfortunately lost. They lost 120 to 102 to Chicago defense, who held the Celtics to under 40% from three and the field to give them their first loss of the season. Shocking, definitely. Um, also had Coach Joe Mazzula and Grant Williams ejected from this contest. Unfortunate from that standpoint, but. Their defense, the Chicago Bulls defense, really, really stood out. They were really adamant, attacking defensively, getting into the Celtics defenders, getting into the Celtics players, making them uncomfortable, making them take tough shots. Jalen Brown finished 8 of 23, Tatum 8 of 18. And you look, Malcolm Brogdon 5 of 13, 1 of 4 for Vonley, 1 of 4 for Blake Griffin, 1 of 4 for Sam Hauser, 2 of 8. For Derek White, and he was one of our three-point range. Chicago, they are known to be a team that can score. Defensively, not so much. So this is a very good sign for a Chicago team that feels like they underachieved last season. Prior to the injuries to Lonzo Ball, they were at the top of the East. And they believe that they could, could have stayed there and made a deep playoff run with their squad. They have DeMar DeRozan back. They have Zach Levine now that he's healthy. Yeah, Io DeSumo at that starting guard role. It'll be interesting to see what happens once Lonzo Ball comes back, but I'd assume Lonzo would be starting. Io could be that sixth man off the bench. Yeah, Goran Dragas, Andre Drummond, Derek Jones Jr., Javante Green, Tony Bradley, Kobe White. They have guys on this roster. Alex Caruso. This seems a squad. They're deep. And the only thing that's really stopping them is defensively. If they can have the same effort they had last night against. Every, every other opponent, 
then who knows? This team could be live for a four to six seed. Maybe get an upset in there. Second round exit seems like their potential. Next game, the game of the night. The Memphis Grizzlies versus the Brooklyn Nets. Man, when you get to watch a game like this, it's just like you, you're, you're in awe. You're in awe of the skill level of the NBA players. And we all understand, if you're in the NBA or any professional league for that matter, you're pretty damn good at what you do. You're one of the the one percent. You're you're top, you're top of the food chain in terms of that sport. But when you get to see a guy like Kevin Durant, thirty-seven points. Kyrie Irving, thirty-seven points. You see John Morant go for thirty-eight. Desmond Bain go for thirty-eight. Man, that's something that you don't take for granted. A show for all those in attendance in person. A show for everybody who was watching on TV. Because the scoring was insane. Memphis ultimately came up with the victory, 134 to 124. And that was in large part to a major 45-point third quarter by the Grizz. You can't ask for nothing else. You can't ask for much better from the Grizzlies' perspective when their two top players combined for 76 points. Shanti Aldama, who's making a name for himself so far in the season, that's a knockdown shooter he had 17 points on the evening as well to help the Grizz overcome that massive performance by Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving Ben Simmons the end of the game with seven points eight assists ultimately fouled out of the contest which is kind of wild when you think about it he keeps fouling out of these games that's gonna have to change at some point because his presence despite him not scoring a ton it is needed. It is definitely needed on the defensive end in some of these later matchups. But defense wasn't the word that you would use to describe this matchup. It's offense after what you saw. 150 points combined within four players. Incredible offensive production. Next game, the San Antonio Spurs took on the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they were victorious, which is something you probably wouldn't have thought of saying earlier in the year. San Antonio being victorious. That's not gonna happen too much. At least it's what we thought, but now they're three and one. They just beat a pretty talented Minnesota Timberwolves team. And again, very even production. Six players in double figures, highlighted by Devin Vassell. Twenty three points, nine rebounds, seven assists. He's a guy that looking like he's gonna be able to get a lot of production during this time where they're Tanking, well, not even tanking, where they're playing right now in this year. Any more ball handling responsibilities as that top guard, lead guard? Who knows where that will take them? For the Minnesota perspective, Anthony Edwards was held to nine points, three of 15, one of eight from the three point line. He had 10 boards, but that's not going to get it done. Rudy Gobert, 11 points, seven rebounds. Cat had the high of 27 points, 11 rebounds, five assists. He came to play. D'Angelo Russell came to play with 25 points, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds. At the end of the day, man, San Antonio looks good. I know it's early, but they're well coached. They are beating teams that they have no real agenda to beat, except that they're on the they're scheduled and they have to play. But that's kind of the thing now with tanking. People 
at least for right now, they don't look like they're interested in tanking with some of the teams like Utah, some of the teams like the San Antonio Spurs. And if you look at the NBA standings right now, the Spurs and Jazz are tied of the Grizzlies with 3-1 record for a top record in the NBA. Of course, some things are going to even out. You have the Mavericks at 9. That's going to change. Nuggets are 2-2 two and two at 11. That's going to change. Some teams like the Thunder, they're going to probably stay at the bottom. Rockets are going to stay at the bottom. Over in the Eastern Conference, it's more likely that most of the teams at the top will stay at the top. Hornets will probably drop down. Wizards will probably drop down. The Nets are 1-2. and two. That's likely to change. Philly is 1-3. That's likely to change. Well, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is once the tanking odds, the probability in the lottery were changed from 25% with the worst record to the three worst teams having the equal chances of 14%, it sort of not necessarily deteriorated, deteriorated the odds for people to tank, but it sort of gave them a cause to pause. Like, why are we tanking? We should be trying to win games, build chemistry, and form cohesion rather than just losing all our games on purpose, coming in with the mindset to lose in order to rebuild our franchise. Like These people's livelihoods in terms of the players, the coaches, all of that are at stake. And just to try and get one prospect now, in this draft, one prospect might change your, your trajectory as a franchise for the next 15-plus years if you get Victor or Scoot. But... Even in other drafts where it's not the case, people still might want to get that number one pick. Shop it around, change your franchise around. Who knows who you get, what happens. Paolo Bancaro looks like he's going to be an all-star. Katie Cunningham looks like he's going to be an all-star. The number one picks typically turn out to be good players, all-stars, all that good stuff. So you can't really count out the idea that people would want to tank. But right now, San Antonio isn't looking like it's going to tank. The Nuggets, oh, excuse me, not the Nuggets. Utah Jazz aren't looking like they're going to tank. Have some teams like Orlando who are 0-4, but they have been in some close contests. Close contests, and they look like they're trying to win, not necessarily lose. Same thing with Sacramento Kings. They've been in some really close games. They just happen to be 0-3 by virtue of the team that they play being better. But they could have won. They could be 2-1 if some things went their way. The Lakers are 0-3. Will that stay? Who knows? Maybe they just give up on the season right now. Shop Davis, shop LeBron, shop Westbrook. Just start fresh. Give Victor Wembanyama or Scoot or both. Who knows what the Lakers can pull off? We never know in this NBA. The Lakers, when they're good, and the NBA is good. So it wouldn't surprise me if they pulled off something like that. Just reshuffled the deck, got some new guys, did what they have to do. The final game of the evening. The Portland Trailblazers took on the Denver Nuggets, and the Blazers took care of them pretty handily, winning 135 to 110. Nice 25-point victory. Simons, Lillard, and Grant on the Denver, excuse me, on the Nuggets side. Whoa, on the Blazers side. Come on, man, get it together. On the Blazers side, they scored 81 points combined in their victory against the Nuggets. Dame had 31. 8 assists, 6 rebounds, 10 of 16 from the field, 4 of 7 from 3-point range. Grant chipped in 21 points on 7-13 shooting. Anthony Simons, 29 points, 5 assists, 11 of 17 from the field, 7 of 12 from 3-point range. 
But it was his third quarter, man, that even had LeBron James tweeting. He was on fire. A 22-point third quarter for Anthony Simons with six consecutive made threes. I mean, you want to talk about Damian Lillard-esque. He's been in the gym with Damian Lillard. Anthony Simons has because when you talk about the shooting, the confidence, the ability to just rise up over defenders, getting his shots off, he was looking like a man possessed out there. And if he can continue doing this, we saw sort of this trending last season when he sort of got that full-time guard, starting guard role as Dame was hurt. CJ ended up getting traded. So it was really the Simon show for a large majority of that second half of the season. And from there, we saw that he could be a lead guard. He could be a scorer at times. He could be a facilitator. And now if Dame will back, it's like, all right, Dame is going to get all the attention. Simons, what are you going to do as our, our number two or three, depending on how you rank Jeremy Grant on this rotation? And Yusuf Nurkic as well. Can't forget about the Bosnian Beast, who had 13 and 12. Mr. Reliable in terms of double-doubles. But ultimately, this team is 4-0 now. Best record in the league. And you got to think, man, it's four games in, but just the combination of talent they have. Nas Little, who I've always liked off the bench with 11 points. Four rebounds, nice defender. Shaden Sharp, 11 points, four of six, one of two. Could potentially be the best player in this draft coming out of it. Josh Hart, 11 rebounds. Not only 6-4, that's hustle, that's heart, no pun intended. It's all you can ask for out of a player. Just give his body up, do all the little things. And being coached by Chauncey Billups, a guy that all these players respect, Especially Damian Lillard. Man, I'm very interested to see what this Blazer squad can do as the season goes along. For forbidding any health injuries or whatever may be this team, man. It's, it's so hard to say where they could rank up, man. Where they could stack up. I don't think they'll be first the entire season. I'll say that confidently. But maybe... <sighs> Three through eight. I think I can say that. Three through eight. I think the Warriors will still be at the top or near the top. I think that it'll be a competition, a three-way competition between the Grizzlies, the Clippers, and the Pelicans for that second spot. And then all hell will break loose after that. You'll have the Suns. You'll have the They'll have the Mavs, Wolves, Nuggets. Maybe the Lakers get back in it. It'll, it'll be a dogfight. The Blazers will be in it. But as long as James stays healthy, Simons continues to play the way he's playing, and defensively overall this team can get stops, man, the sky's the limit for this Trailblazers team. Not something I expected I would say coming into the season, but that's the beauty of the NBA. You never know what can go on. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. I appreciate you guys always listening, tuning in, getting all your NBA news through me. It's a great thing. Great, great feeling knowing that I'm making a difference in the world. Make sure you guys like, rate five stars, subscribe, share with family and friends. Tonight's games, nice matchups for Tuesday, October 25th. Give you guys a little preview of what's to come. Mavericks versus Pelicans. We'll see if Zion plays. It's unlikely that he ends up playing due to that hip contusion that he suffered prior. Brandon Ingram's in concussion protocol. 
we'll see what happens with that. But anytime Luka Doncic is on national television, you got to tune in. And the later game, the 10 p.m. game on the East Coast anyway, the Warriors take on the Suns. That's going to be a battle. We know that Devin Booker is going to go off. Steph Curry is going to have a great night. See the point guard play on full display between CP3 and Steph Curry. Guard play with Clay and Devin Booker. So much great stuff. So much great talent defensively. Two teams that were representing the finals in the Western Conference back-to-back years. So it'll be a great matchup. I can't wait to talk about it, to watch. And until next time, guys, take care.